You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news... Leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Welcome to Monster Talk, the science show about monsters. I'm Blake Smith, and together with Ben Radford and Dr. Karen Stolzno. We examine monster legends and the facts behind them. Today, we're discussing a monster known as the Popobawa, a giant, bat-winged, shape-changing, magical creature that allegedly terrorizes the people of Zanzibar. The way the Popobawa attacks means that this episode is going to be getting the explicit tag. So if you've got the kids, huddle around the podcast player. This episode's probably not the one to listen to. It's actually quite unlike anything we've ever seen before. A giant, hairy creature, part ape, part man. In Loch Ness, a 24-mile-long bottomless lake in the highlands of Scotland, it's a creature known as the Loch Ness Monster. Monster Dog. I had um, I've had a couple of uh, people ask, you know, what's happened to the show, and when are you going to put out a new episode? Someone asked on Facebook tonight, and I said, well, actually, we're going to be recording one tonight. <laughs> why, why aren't I getting my weekly updates? Exactly. Right. So, well, I want to get back to that, but okay. I swear, everybody I want to talk to has gone on vacation. Okay, so I had an episode lined up for mermaids. And uh, the guy couldn't, um, I, I couldn't get everything quite coordinated for this weekend. So I'm like, okay, well, let's just do it later. He goes, well, there's a bit of a problem. I'm, uh, I'm, going, <laughs> I'm going on a camper trip. I'm like, okay, well, when you get back? He goes, I'll be back in about three months. <laughs> I'm like, Ooh, crap. Because wow. he's like, he, I think he said he was going on a camping trip uh, with his camper, like taking a car- like a RV and driving around the country or whatever. And then uh, after that, he's going, I think he said Vietnam or something. Like, so he's really, it's going to be a while. I'm probably going to have to find a different guest to talk about that. But uh, we do want to do an episode on uh, mermaids because we need to respond to Animal Planet's uh, pseudo documentary. Yes. Or, I mean, I was going to say, I don't think we need to wait three months. I mean, if we can, we can, we can always, you know, do something that specifically addresses the Animal Planet thing and then we can revisit it later on. So I think there are two shows in that, definitely. Yeah. There you go. So, right, because there's one kind of mermaid that's like fish on the bottom, and there's another kind of mermaid that's fish on the top. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Got to cover both. <laughs> yeah, we'll work Sounds on that. Good. All right. So, tonight we're going to talk about a, a, a monster that's not actually very well known in the United States. And it's also a fairly new monster. I mean, would you 
would it be wrong to kind of call this the <laughs> the Africa chupacabra in a sense, the way it just sort of sprang out of nowhere? Uh, that's not too far off, actually. There are some interesting parallels between the chupacabra and the popobawa. Um, so yeah, that's, um, that's not, I mean, there are some significant differences, but in, in some ways they're, they're sort of similar in that way. Yeah. So, so we're going to be talking about this monster called the Popobawa. Uh, that's Popobawa. Popobawa. Okay. What anyway. does that mean? Uh, it means bat wing, which is also the name of the aircraft that Batman flies in the new Batman movie. Spoiler alert. No. Although, other than that, there's no connection whatsoever. Thanks, Blake. <laughs> so, so ben, what is it? You know, what is the Popobawa? And <laughs> what is this odd Popobawa thing you speak of? Yes, you're exactly right. Uh, Popobawa means batwing in, in Kiswahili, um, and it's named for the shape of the shadow it casts uh, when it when it swo- swoops down. Uh, it's supposed to cast the the, the shadow of a bat. Um, and it's, it's this sort of weird, uh, East African monster creature thing. And, um, uh, it's, uh, it's variously thought to be a demon or an evil spirit, uh, a genie sent by witches, a bat demon, an ogre, um, uh, a sexually voracious ghost along the lines of a succubus or incubus, things like that. Um, and so it, it actually comes in, in a whole lot of different uh, forms, um, which is which is sort of one of the interesting things about it. Um, I first heard about it in 1995. Uh, I was uh, reading a newspaper called the Bolivian Times, and in fact, I have I have the clipping right here, and uh, it's uh, it says the evil spirit that rapes men in Zanzibar, and uh, the the tagline was maybe it will attack anybody who doesn't know better. Uh, it was actually reprinted from The Guardian, uh, which is not known as a bastion of <laughs> great journalism, I should add. Um, and it, uh, but it just had this, this you know, this page-long story about this evil, weird spirit in Zanzibar. And, um, and as it happened, uh, when I read this story, I was actually, little did I know, I would actually be in Zanzibar uh, several months later. And so I sort of took the opportunity to do some, to do some research on it while I was there anyway. Has it been uh, spotted in other countries as well? Uh, yes, primarily. Uh, well, for those who don't know, Zanzibar is um, it's a small island off the coast of Tanzania uh, in in East Africa. Uh, it's sort of off. It's sort of south of of Kenya and north of Mozambique and Madagascar. Uh, and Zanzibar itself is uh, it's actually composed of two different islands. There's the larger island of Zanzibar, and there's a smaller island called Pemba. Um, and uh, Pemba is sort of the the, the smaller, less economically viable um, uh, island of the two, and that'll, that'll there's a reason why I bother to mention that, and I'll, I'll come to that later. But basically, it's primarily seen and reported in in Zanzibar, but also in uh, in Tanzania, pr- primarily Dar es Salaam, uh, which is the capital of Tanzania, and a little bit in Kenya. But it's it's interesting because it's primarily limited just to those areas. I mean, for example, uh, I've, in my research, I didn't find any reports of Popobawa in, you know, in, in uh, Northern Africa or, or South America or, or anywhere else in the world. It's, it's very, very lo- uh, localized to that region. A lot of bats in Zanzibar? Uh, there are quite a few, quite a few bats in Zanzibar. Uh, none of them are, are anywhere near man size. Um, uh, the, the, the thing about it is that, um, is that, 
what's interesting is that there was very little serious critical analysis or investigation when I looked into it. Uh, there were really only one or two articles and almost nothing that was scholarly. Uh, so when I was when I was research, I looked in like folklore journals and and uh, places like that. But in terms of like the you know, for example, I've got a, you know, as we, as most of us do, we have a, a you know, shelf of cryptozoology books. And even in those, uh, there was often only a few paragraphs. And so that was one of the things that really made it intriguing for me to look into was that there was such a dearth of information. Uh, and again, this sort of goes back to similarities with the Chupacabra investigation where, um, you know, there was a little bit written on it, but really very little that was critical or scholarly uh, or academic. And so it was sort of a, a fresh, fertile field uh, to, to look into. You know, it's funny. I was talking with Brian Dunning from the Skeptoid podcast about this very thing uh, just earlier, uh, maybe last week. Um, it, it, he was looking for more information on skinwalkers for an episode mm-hmm. that, that uh, he rolled out this week. It's hard to find scholarly research on skinwalkers lots of great skinwalker scary stories mm-hmm. but there's just not a lot of there's so many monsters out there that are that are part of folklore but that really haven't been treated seriously in a skeptical or scientific way so you're right uh perhaps brian should check out uh, the skeptical briefs newsletter uh i have a columnist one of my columns there is um is a friend of mine called noah nez and he writes the column called native skeptic uh, and it's sort of skepticism from Native American point of view. In fact, I think uh, an issue or two ago, he did a, a whole column on skinwalkers. Cool. Uh, so not maybe, only maybe Brian should have called you instead of me. <laughs> Brian should have called me, but, or maybe you should read uh, read uh, or skeptical briefs. Yeah. How would someone find skeptical briefs, Ben? Uh, you well, funny you should ask. You actually have to be a member of the committee for skeptical inquiry to get the the newsletter. Um, but it's it's a very good newsletter. I'm the editor of it. Some of the pieces appear online occasionally as well. Yes, yes, that's that's that's, that's true as well. So, anyway, on on the Popobawa, so so again, we we have this this weird, you know, evil demon bat thing, um, and really the, the first uh, the first reports of it only date back to about 1965. Uh, there was uh, one main uh, report in in 1965 on 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 Island of Pemba that I mentioned earlier. And there were a few in, in 1970s, 1980s. Uh, there was a huge flap. Uh, no, no, so it sounds like one of your gags. There was a huge Popobawa flap uh, in 1995. <laughs> I thought you'd like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, there you go. And, uh, and it was basically just causing all sorts of hysteria. And uh, people were so scared of this creature, this, this bat demon thing, that uh, many people were, with, they refused to, uh, to sleep alone in their beds. Um, yeah, I think uh, I've heard that. They claim. weren't alone, were they? <laughs> they weren't alone. Yes. Well, there there are, there are various ways of of warding off the bubble baba. One of them, uh, one of the remedies is is um, well, I guess you'd call it prophylactic, is pig oil. Uh, so if you have oil from pigs, uh, that's supposed to keep them away. Would bacon fat work? I mean, was is, is it the same thing? Because I'm okay then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm packing. usually at least halfway coated with bacon fat. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're safe there, Blake. I wouldn't worry too much about it. Uh, but one of them is pig oil. Another one is uh, staying awake, uh, which is interesting because oh. you, 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 well, you, you, and sort of that, to my mind, that ties in with um, so, some some of the stories about, for example, vampires or even um, you know the the Freddy Krueger thing. You know, the the idea that in your dreams this evil entity will attack you, and therefore the way to 
keep it, you know, keep it at bay is to stay awake and, and you know, try and struggle through the night to the next day. Uh, another, another way. Sounds um, like it's a productive uh, sleep paralysis. Well, that's that's certainly one of the explanations, and and I'll I'll, I'll touch on that. Uh, another way is is to sleep somewhere other than your own bed. Um, it's it's often believed that the Popawawa specifically targets people in their own beds, and so during the height of the 1995 Popawawa scare, many villagers uh, throughout Zanzibar would actually um, would would stay like out you know, like in the, in the in the woods and even like along the the highways. Uh, which is a problem because there's not very much lighting along the highways, and so you would actually have, uh, you know, unlit tarmac roads, <laughs> you know, where there's there's no there, there's no lights at all, and people are sleeping next to the roads because they think it's safer there, and you know, and I I, I don't Killed have any records that, exactly, so that's that's not um, that's not uncommon, and there there I did read some reports um, <laughs> they were really sleepy, and then later they got tired. <laughs> T Y R E D. Yes. Uh. There were also some. There were also some reports that uh, there was a mentally disturbed man that admitted to being the Popobawa who was then lynched. Uh, so this mm. is one of the things where you know the the ideas that are floating around in in the culture and the society. If a person, you know, as, as we as we skeptics know, you know, people do can and do uh, admit to the crimes they didn't commit, and obviously that that's certainly happened yeah, before. Like the, so. the John Benet Ramsey uh, case, right, right. The 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 creepy guy that, that mm-hmm. admitted the, that he killed her, and it turns out he didn't. Yeah, right. yeah. But yeah. the the how many Jack the Rippers were there? Oh yeah, the perfect example. Exactly, exactly, Karen. I mean, there was you know, I, I off the top of my head, I can think of at least four or five people that claimed that they were the Ripper, and and uh, there may be many. And then more. there were all those people who did similar crimes in other places and get kind of credit the Jack the Ripoffs. Jack the oh. Ripper. <laughs> well, they're <laughs> on fire tonight. Wow. <laughs> But yeah, so so you know, but so the the question then becomes, well, what what, what do they think that, that it does? I mean, you can have this evil demon spirit bat thing flying around, but so what? Well, the answer is that it's supposed to uh, claw people, scratch them, but primarily it's supposed to uh, rape them. Uh, that's the main. That's one of its main uh, attacks. The Popabawa also has supposedly has uh, linguistic capabilities, and it can talk or communicate Ooh. telepathically. Um, and yeah, so it's sort of, the, the more you learn about it, the more sort of intriguing it gets. And one of the main things that it communicates is, um, it tells its victims that if it doesn't tell other people that, that they've been attacked by the Popobawa, it will repeat it the next night. So, um, so I mean, like it's notoriety. so you have like, once you've been victimized, it wants you to tell people that you've been victimized or else it will keep repeating the crime. Exactly. Exactly. Right, I don't know if it's a crime if a monster rapes you because it's not like it's a person, but well, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure what the. I think it, it depends. Do you? Depends I mean, on, I'm not trying to be silly. You know, what I'm about to ask I me mean, was the creature derived like was it stealing energy or like blood or like in what like in what way does it benefit the Popobawa to sodomize its victims? Fun. Well, uh, yeah the 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 main uh, the main reason that I could that I came up with in my research was that. Uh, one thing you have to remember about about Zanzibar specifically, and, and actually East Africa generally, is that is it's largely Muslim, and uh, and as with many monsters, you know it's important to look at the sociocultural aspect and you know the the 
you know, th- these creatures don't occur in a vacuum. I mean, that was also, get, again, the case very much with, with the chupacabra, uh, as, as we know. I mean, the, the chupacabra was very much a product of, of a specific time and place, you know, 1995, uh, Puerto Rico and, and all the things like that. And in the Popobawa is, is, uh, is also very much the same way. And so, um, as far as, as far as I can tell, uh, the, the, the main, the main reason that there's that whole, um, this, the whole sodomizing raping aspect is that, uh, in, in, uh, in Muslim cultures, the, you know, homosexuality is taboo, particularly male, uh, homosexuality. And so for many Muslim men, the idea of being raped, anally raped by anything, much less a, you know, an, an evil, large penis, um, that demon thing is horrific. I mean, it's really sort of the ultimate, um, you know, hu- humiliation and, and, you know, just not, not just uh, humiliating masculine in terms of masculinity, but also in terms of being a Muslim. So this is really a, a, a base violation. And I think that that's where the Popo derives its power. Uh, you know, it doesn't just slap you around. It doesn't just take your money. It, it, it violates you in a very, very specific brutal way and and again it, it threatens to do it again if you don't tell other people and so that's that's one of the interesting aspects to it is that uh, that's how sort of a way, it, the way that it perpetuates itself in terms of a story uh, for example if you look at uh, folklore um, in terms of in terms of urban legends uh, one of the reasons why urban legends are so popular is that urban legends often have a twist at the end or, or sort of a moral to the story or something that's humorous or interesting or funny or whatever else or intriguing. And that, that little, that little tag at the end, that element to it is the reason why we pass it along, why we tell other people, why we hear about them, you know, the, the, the surprise twist ending, you know, the, the, the hand hooked killer, you know, the, and, the and do- dogs are not the only animals that lick. Dogs aren't the only animals that lick, you know, call 911, your kidney is gone. There's mm-hmm. all, all these. So if you look at the, the types of stories and in terms of folklore that are repeated and, and, and continued on and the sorts of stories that are repeated and, and have a life of their own, they have, you know, an element of, of that. And so I think that that's, that's one of the interesting th- reasons why the, the, the Popobawa story is so prevalent, certainly in East Africa. Is that uh, it has this this <laughs> it has this internal mechanism by which uh, if you don't tell people that you were a victim, it'll happen again. And of course, its victims are sort of damned if you damned if you don't. I mean, no, certainly no no Muslim man wants to admit that it was attacked by the Popobawa and raped. On the other hand, <laughs> if you're scared it's going to happen again and you're being threatened to tell people, then then there's a certain social you know mechanism there. As with Bigfoot, there are people who come forward and say that they have evidence that they've taken photographs, albeit blurry, or video of Bigfoot. Is there anything like that for the Papua Excellent question. Uh, the answer is no. Um, Never. Not at all. There's no photographs of it. Um, there are a handful of of drawings and sketches. Um, actually, one of them, when I did my investigation, I can talk a little bit about what I did a little bit later, but uh, part of my investigation was tracking down a, a person in Zanzibar who believed in the Popobawa, an artist, actually. And I asked him to to uh, to draw for me or paint for me his depiction of the Popobawa. In fact, if, if people are interested, uh, we can we can have that, that photo in the, in the show notes, uh, that image in the show notes. That'd be great. Yeah, and so it's kind of interesting sort of, you know, like I said, you know, 
you believe in this? He said, absolutely. I said, what do you think it looks like? And he sort of hemmed and hawed. And, and, um, and one, one thing you have to understand about, about the, the Pope Bob, because it comes in so many different forms, um, some people say that, that talking about his description is meaningless uh, because either, well, there's a couple reasons they gave. One is that it's invisible. It, 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 ha- it literally has no form. And therefore, anybody that thinks that they saw, you know, a giant bat or a one-eyed dwarf or, you know, or a, a large ogre with a massive cock, whatever they think that they saw, that that, that is actually, that must be, that is by definition mistake or hallucination because the Popabawa is inherently imperceivable in it's 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 invisible other people believe that um that it's uh, it's more of like a a chameleon that that it, that's you know it's sort of like you know what what shape is you know god well presumably if you know it, it could appear as a tree or a horse or a snake or basically so in that in that regard some people say that talking about what the popobawa looks like is is based on a faulty premise because the popobawa can be anything because it's supernatural well, that makes me want to ask another question, if you don't mind, Blake. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just wondering, do you think there are any cases where this is used as an excuse to cover rape or, or molestation or something, that people blame this faceless creature? Uh, another good question. I, I, I don't think so. Um, it, it's, it's, I guess it's possible at some point. And the main reason I don't think so is because uh, the, the, the perception of the Popavawa is invariably supernatural. Um, it's, you know, they have a very specific idea of what it is that attacked them. And it's not another man. It's not a woman. It's, it's nothing human. It is, it is, it is inherently supernatural. And and that actually goes back to your your previous question about whether, you know, you know, when we talk about cryptozoological creatures and these monsters and things, um, you know, there are alleged photographs, as we all know, of, you know, of the Loch Ness Monster and Nessie and Champ and Bigfoot and Chupacabra of routes. But again, there's, there's nothing like that for the Popobawa. Um, and, and that's because people, people just have this wide variety of, of ideas about what it's what it is and so uh, it can sort of basically be anything and and that's all the more reason why it's sort of difficult to, to sort of track down and sort of specify exactly what you're looking for um, I'll, I'll just just as a rejoinder uh, one of the, one of the few um, sources that I found that was even quasi credible was uh, our, my old nemesis my old nemesis Josh Gates on uh, on destination truth one and of them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you, one of them. And uh, good old Josh went to Zanzibar um, and uh, after, I had, after I'd done so, and uh, he, did, he did a show there. It, it, it aired, uh, I think, March, 20, March 26, uh, 2008. And uh, he, it's he pretty began, specific. Well, I have it right here. <laughs> it was sometime around March 26th at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. Um, <laughs> give, give or take, you know, give or take. Did he, find, so, did he find the truth? Uh, no, no. Oh. He, he, well, t- it was a typical Wait, destination. That's his destination. Steal he, your work. He hasn't gotten there yet. He's still traveling. <laughs> yeah, maybe you should pick up a copy of my. Anyway, so yeah, so Gates Wait, begins. It should be called destination predetermined. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. I like that. It's not the truth. Um, so, so, but, you know, he, I won't bother to deconstruct the episode, but basically he, they began by looking for 
uh, what this is a quote from the episode, an enormous bat-like creature with a single eye that emits light. Uh, and, and so they began by looking for a giant bat over the, over the, the city of, the, of Zanzibar, which is ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> which, why, like, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of evolution and it can do some amazing things, but why would the, uh, the, the bioluminescence emit from the eye? That's weird. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that is that is weird. Uh, I I can only I uh, it I have to. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it, well, that, that's what it was. Uh, and you know, and when I'm when I'm looking at this, you know, I'm seeing him like <laughs> the first like ten minutes are like this really cheesy, you know, ghost hunters esque. Like, oh my god, what was that? It's like, oh uh, yeah, that's nothing. It's the wind. So it, for 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 reasons, I I either have to assume that Gates didn't do his research research and didn't have a clue as to what the Popo bubble actually was, otherwise he wouldn't be looking for an enormous bat-like creature, or uh, more likely, frankly, I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, the producers uh, needed needed to show something interesting, and they knew they they knew from the get-go that they, that wasn't really what they were looking for. It was red herring. But they thought it would be dramatic if they had you know, him running from rooftop to rooftop in Stonetown, which is the, the, the main town in Zanzibar, looking for this thing. So, it sounds like spring Jack a bit, too. Well, that's exactly right. And, and I'm glad you brought that up because the Popobao really fits uh, very well in, term, in terms of when you look at the context of, of other nighttime attacking creatures. Uh, spring Jack, as you pointed out, is a perfect example. Um, and the, also, monkey, the Monkey Man of Delhi also came to mind. It, right, exactly. Another uh, the the Delhi Monkey Man, which was uh, this creature that uh, was bounding from rooftop to rooftop rooftop in in Delhi uh, a few years ago. There's or also or was it? Oh, <laughs> dun 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 dun. Join or us on destination the... predetermined to find out that yes, it probably was. <laughs> That's what I think. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and and but I mean so there's there you know there's Spring Hill Jack and Monkey Man there's also the the Phantom Slasher of Taipei for for the mass hysteria fans in the audience uh, and the um, the Orang Maniac the Oily Man uh, that uh, I wrote about uh, I think this was look this I, year. Did, I told you it was bacon fat. <laughs> 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 but but in all these in all these cases you have this you, it's basically variations on a theme where you have some some. You know, only only generally sketched out. Uh, you have rough ideas of what it might be. It's something that attacks very quickly. It it never kills anybody. Uh, it, it just sort of leaves some some wounds and some, some uh, you know vi- scared victims primarily, and is said to sort of leap off into the darkness, uh, attacking primarily at night. So so again, the 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 Popobawa, like many of these creatures. Uh, and in fact, now that I think about it, uh, in many ways, also the chupacabra. I mean, most chupacabra reports, um, you know, deal with things that happen overnight. It's basically a nighttime predatory creature. Uh, you know, a farmer wakes up in the morning and sees sees uh, allegedly, you know, bloodless dogs or goats or whatever else. And the the assumption is that that in or during the cover of night, this you know this this creature came in and did that. So it it fits very much within that that context. I find interesting about uh, the cryptozoology field and just monsters and legends and folklore in general is there's this um, recurring phrase that people say, uh, which is that every legend has a kernel of truth inside. And, and uh, I think that's probably uh, exactly the opposite of how skeptical investigations should approach such topics. I, I think we probably should always start with 
is there any truth to this at all? <laughs> Did anything yeah. even happen? So, right. and I'm assuming that's probably the tack you took on it, Ben. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was the 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 first thing I was trying to figure out. You know, was was trying to you know wrap my mind around it was and just to just to back up a second to Karen's earlier question, uh, it's it's the the Popo Bow is nearly unique in, in that unlike for example Chupacabra, Loch Ness monster, Bigfoot things that it, it's a singular creature. Uh, the Popobawa is the singular Popobawa. It's not thought of it as a, a race of creatures. It's not more than one. It's one single specific like identifiable. <laughs> exactly, the Popobawa <laughs> Santa. Uh, and so, and so, you know, as I was doing the the, the research on this, um, it became clear and clearer to me that. Uh, it, basically, there were three different ideas of what it was uh, before, before I looked into it. One of them was that it's, it's some sort of real creature, and this is sort of almost the, the premise that Josh Gates, uh, in his misguided uh, efforts to look at the Popovawa, um, lo- began with was, it was it's a real creature that may be you know, misperceived. You know, maybe it's some sort of variation of some giant bat that was just sort of misunderstood. How exactly you could work in the, the anal raping is <laughs> a bit beyond me, but whatever. Other people uh, believed that it was it was a magical creature, just inherently, and and again that sort of touches on what I was talking about earlier, um, that you know it's 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 sort of not confined to the bounds of, of our normal you know sort of you know flesh and blood cryptozoological creatures, and the third explanation was basically that it was all a hallucination, it was all a it was all basically um, you know a, a misunderstanding or whatever else, and so. Um, so w- when I was approaching the the topic, I needed to try and figure out well, you know, what's what what the hell am I dealing with here? And it quickly became clear that that it's n- it could not be a real flesh and blood creature. Uh, it, there was too many variations there, you know. At least, even within you know within, for example, Bigfoot or Chupacabra, there's there's quite a bit of variation, but. You know, it's not it's not everything from you know a one-eyed you know flying bat demon to an ogre to a genie to this and that. I mean, there's there's some parameters here, um, and plus, of course, you also have the element of of uh, the, um, the the sodomy. Um, I've always I've always wanted to say the phrase. You always have the element of the sodomy, um, and I just it's, there. You go. You have to keep that in. Think of um, sexual assault and giant battery. <laughs> yeah, giant battery. <laughs> oh, I get it. That, that that's clever. Uh but you know, you don't you don't really see that as much in a, and then also also for example, the um the just if if nothing else, the claim that the Popawa speaks to people telepathically or or using language. Mm-hmm. Uh again, this is it's self evidently not a real creature. And so at that point, the question then became, well, well, what 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 the hell is it? What do people think it is? And so that's when I uh, began doing more research into the, the the culture of it. And so I, when I went to Zanzibar, I uh, contacted local people um, and uh, I had translators. I don't speak uh, Kiswahili, and so <clears throat> other than can I get a beer and danger elephant, which isn't really useful because there's no there's no elephants in Zanzibar. Um, but uh, so that danger was... Papa Bawa. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I, I, I'll have to work on that. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy 
happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, I'm Paul Giamatti. And I'm Stephen Asma. Each week on Chinwag, we dig into the weird topics you wonder about, that you care about. The stuff none of us are totally sure of, like the Bermuda Triangle, Mothman, Consciousness, Philosophy, UFOs, Ghosts, or say Bigfoot. So who's to say that there's not alien species that are Sasquatch? Like I've seen a ghost, and I would hear something walking and breathing. Maybe every path is right. I will accept as a premise that every path is right. That is a face on Mars. Eyes, nose, it kind of looked like Wilson the volleyball. Some people enjoy the waves or whatever uh, crashing, and I enjoy listening to a quantum physics audiobook. I do think there are many things in the world that we just don't understand yeah. and probably won't understand. That's our whole show. <laughs> so join us every Wednesday on all major podcast platforms and find us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at ChinwagPod and Wagon. But so I basically had some I had some local informants that I was working with. And so I tried to sort of get them to tell me, what, what do you think the Popo Bawa is? And uh, by far, the most popular explanation was that it was a genie. That it was, um, it was a, a genie that had uh, basically uh, escaped from its master uh, and, um, and gotten away. And, and again, you see, um, it's important to realize that in, in Africa generally, and specifically in East Africa, there's very, very strong belief in witchcraft. Uh, and and magic and things like this and uh, I've written about before you know for example horrific stories of of albinos uh, men women and children having their limbs cut off and hacked off in Muti murders uh, and uh, and you know there, there's there are many people in in throughout uh, sub-Saharan Africa who really believe that magic magic uh, you know works and uh, in order to cast spells and uh, protection and 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 attacks you need body parts and so mm-hmm. so again it, it's sort of easy for sort of westerners to sort of oh this is all silly nobody believes in witchcraft no this is particularly in east africa many many people absolutely believe witchcraft and it's important to understand that in the context of the, the chupacabra mm-hmm. um that, and so I was going to say, it's really interesting because Africa is so big. I mean, people really don't mm-hmm. realize how big Africa is. And, we, you know, we really can't talk about it in, in terms of like a giant uniform thing. Like it's not like the United States. Right. And each country is its own thing. But yet it is a consistent thing across, across this gigantic continent that witchcraft and, and the belief in witchcraft is still strong in almost every culture. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's exactly right. That's amazing to me. Well, and, 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 you know, uh, our, our good friend, uh, Liu Igwe, uh, who I had the pleasure of uh, meeting finally in person at the last TAM, uh, I, you know, sat with him and, and he's, he's been doing excellent work in, in Africa. Uh, I sort completely of missed him. I'm so disappointed. Oh, he's, uh, I, I think he's going to be back next year. So, yeah, so basically, again, in order to really understand the, the genesis of the Popobawa and its nature, you have to sort of understand the, 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 the sociocultural uh, and religious uh, aspects to it. And, and, again, that includes both being uh, from a Muslim area and also a belief in, in witchcraft and things like that. And so, uh, so when, when you dig a little bit below the surface and you, once you sort of get past the idea that this is somehow some sort of actual real creature and it's it's must be there's much must be more to it more a more sort of symbolic version of it you, again you find that it's, it's most people believe that it's a genie uh a, you know magical creature uh, that was was that was uh, created or summoned by a warlock and then it escaped and of course 
that's that's a very common theme throughout folklore. You see that in the Jewish golem, for example, uh, or Frankenstein's monster, where you have uh, a either a, a scientist or or just a, you know a magician or warlock summoning or creating or giving life to a creature, and that it sort of then escapes the the bounds of its master and goes off and does harm. And many people believe that that's what the Popopawa is. And so, go ahead. Now, didn't you say in your article, I shouldn't have interjected, should let you finish, but didn't you say in your article that there was a sort of element of humor to the Popopawa as well? That there was, that it's such a sort of ludicrous uh, creature and that these stories, a lot of them have... Uh, come up to sort of appease tourists and scare tourists and that not many people really believe in it. That's exactly right. And that was one of the interesting things about it is that uh, if you, and again, this sort of goes back to the, you know, has echoes that my Chupacabra investigation. Uh, uh, When I first was reading about the Popobawa as when I was first reading about the Chupacabra, uh, I, all the literature seems to suggest that the people on these islands, uh, that is both Puerto Rico and Zanzibar, were just filled with people who were terrified of this creature that was, you know, this this thing that was, you know, causing mass hysteria and, you know, this and that and the other and armed mobs and whatever else. And what I found in both cases was that there absolutely, it absolutely was an element of widespread fear and panic and in some cases mass hysteria. But overall, um, they weren't taken seriously. Uh, you know, they're just not there in many cases, for example, they were treated as a joke. Uh, this to this day in Puerto Rico, many places in Puerto Rico, you know, no one really takes Chupacabra seriously. They just think, oh, it's this this sort of manufactured thing in other more rural areas. They take it very seriously. Same thing with the, with Zanzibar and the Popobawa. Uh, but I found that so that was sort of one of the, one of the first surprises, uh, because again, if you if you watch the Destination Truth uh, show and if you read the little snippets on on the Popobawa and various cryptozoological books, you sort of get the impression that that the belief in this is widespread, um, and that's not true at all. Knowledge of it is widespread. Many people, you know, almost everybody that I asked had heard of the Popobawa. Uh, and most of them sort of nodded with a smile and said, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, this, this was, I, I didn't get this, you know, sudden, you know, draining of, you know, blood in the face and this cowering. So, <laughs> uh, so, but nonetheless, uh, you know, when I was in Zanzibar, I did manage to speak to several people, uh, who did believe in the Popobawa, uh, including, uh, again, uh, one, one artist, uh, who I, I commissioned a, a sketch of a painting of it. And so I interviewed him and asked him what he thought about it. And, and I had other interviews as well, but it's certainly safe to, to say, so why that, did they believe? Well, they, uh, they primarily, they believed because, uh, <laughs> the old friend of a friend story, <laughs> the old right. urban legend thing, um, primarily they believed because, you know, their brother or their, their cousin or their brother's cousin <laughs> or somebody, yeah. uh, it happened to them and it's that, you know, it bounced around, you know, friend of a friend, um, telephone story. So, um, the, they're, they're very serious about it. At least they were to me. I, I, I do have to admit that it, it is difficult, uh, being a white Westerner to go to a, a place like Zanzibar, um, and to, to get the locals to tell you about these things. Cause in some cases, these are really deeply held beliefs. Like, even if they think they're a joke, they're, you know, it's, it's like if you go into the, the deep South and, you know, you, you walk into a bar and say, anybody here want to tell me about racism? Um, you know, <laughs> you're not necessarily going to get welcomed with open arms. And so, um, I, I, 
I certainly can't pretend that I, you know, that that I got totally around that. Uh, I did make good friends with several uh, of the Zanzibaris, and I do think I got pretty good information. I suspect that when Josh Gates and his Discovery Tr- uh, Destination Truth team showed up, uh, uh, I, w- when I was watching the show, I was I could almost see the people he was interviewing sort of giggling, <laughs> just thinking, "Wow, this this sucker's buying everything that we're saying." So, yeah. So th- there is an element of of sort of um, you know needing to be careful about your informants in, in, in a case like this. Were you able to find any first-person like victims of the, of, the, of the creature? I was not. Um, and uh, I, I was able to find several references to those sorts of, uh, of cases. Uh, there were, uh, off the top of my head, I'm thinking, I think I th- found maybe three or four or five in the literature, people who were interviewed uh, elsewhere. I personally couldn't find anybody who, who you know, was a first-person. Again, it was always like, you know, a maid of mine, you know, heard about it from somebody else. Um, the the other angle that I took on that, because I was unable to find any first person accounts, was um, the the only hard evidence that I could, you know, that I could even possibly try to track down, was that there were a few reports, primarily in a in a book um, called uh, called in the in, in Encyclopedia of Cryptozoology by Michael Newton. Uh, in in the, in the entry on Popobawa, Newton uh, suggests that the Popobawa must be real because, excuse me, in the entry in the, on the Popobawa, Newton suggests that that the Popobawa must be real because must be real because Zanzibar's main hospital treated numerous alleged Popobawa, Popobawa victims. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I, I had because I'd done my research and preparation, I, I had photocopies of this material with me in Zanzibar, and so I could you know track it down and try to follow up on these things. And so um, this is intriguing. I'm like, okay, well, hold on here. This is you know, if if there are people who are actually being attacked, and there are you know visible, actual, tangible bruises and you know maybe even rape kits, I don't know of of you know Popobawa victims, then then that's something to go on. Um, and so I, I actually went to the main hospital uh, in Zanzibar, which is called the Zanzibar Medical Group, and I talked to a uh, interviewed a guy named um, oh, a guy. <laughs> I interviewed Dr. Omar Saleh Omar, who's the the main physician there, and I asked him, "Have, have you or anybody else treated Popobawa victims?" And he just laughed. <laughs> it, was, it was almost like saying, "You know, you didn't speak to the right person." Clearly. Yeah, <laughs> clearly I didn't speak to the right person. Right? It's almost like yeah, I say, "You know." Have you have you treated anybody that was beaten up by Santa Claus? <laughs> no. Uh, you he sounded nervous there, Blake. <laughs> <laughs> no particular reason. Blake's a little scared. I don't like it to was... be beat with a sack of toys. <laughs> That's the. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But but so that was that was the so so again this was another case of where an ostensibly you know valid lead sort of evaporated. You know, I mean you. Again, we've all seen this over and over in the both not only in the in the cryptozoological uh, literature, but in the paranormal as well, where there's these sort of, you know, just these wild statements and assertions and claims that that you know, if you actually go to the original sources, have no basis at all. So, after I was told pretty clearly that that you know nobody had ever come in Popobawa, you know, attacks, uh, then that pretty much nailed it for me there. Um, so anyway, so then the question then became, well, well, then what, what, what are we talking about here? And so at that point, um, the, the first thing I went to was the, was the psychological explanation. 
And uh, Joe Nickel, uh, in, in his book, uh, Tracking the Man Beast and elsewhere, uh, did a fairly cursory uh, and superficial examination of, of, of the Popobawa. Uh, and he talks about how uh, he was given an article on the, on, on the Popobawa, I think it was in 1995, was maybe, even, maybe even the same article that I, that I read. And uh, he said that he read a few paragraphs and declared that he'd solved it. Um, and he said that, I'm um, looking at his book, he says, quote, I only needed to recall some of my earlier research to realize that the Popobawa is essentially a Zanzibaran version of the physiological and psychological phenomena known as waking dreams, end quote. So he's basically saying that essentially the Popobawa is nothing more than, than a waking dream. And as we all know, that's when, you know, either you're going into sleep or coming out of sleep and you have, uh, you know, the, the succubus, you know, feeling of, you know, being pressure on the chest and you're immobile and things like that. And, of course, this also ties in with uh, alien abductions and feelings like yeah. that, you know, things are going on. Um, and uh, so I think that I think there's an element of truth to that. Um, but it that doesn't like one explanation. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, it sounds to me like applying a plausible explanation to something that an even more plausible explanation might just be folklore. Well, th- that's that was sort of my take on it. Um, and so rather than just sort of reading an article and deciding that I'd solved the case, uh, I figured that I would sort of look into it more deeply. And I, what I realized was that um, that, again, the, the psychological explanation of, you know, the waking dream is certainly it's certainly a, an element to it, but it doesn't explain. Um, doesn't really fully explain the Popovawa sightings. For example, it doesn't explain the pattern of the attacks, uh, which is very unique. The patterns don't occur um, randomly. They, they tend to, the Popovawa attacks tend to occur primarily just before, during, and after elections. Um, now, if these, were, if these were simply waking dreams, um, then you would expect that they would occur more or less at random. Uh, people have waking dreams. There's no reason to assume that people would have more or more vivid uh, waking dreams or certainly waking dreams about the Popovawa, specifically just before, during, or after an election. I, I just... So why is that? Because I read about that on Wikipedia. Well, yeah, it's... Um, I mean, why, why is there a connection to the, uh, to the elections? To the elections, yeah. Because... Well, part of... Oh, and no. it says here, victims argue that the Popobawa is apolitical. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think that the, 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 the basic answer is that, um, is that the Popobawa is essentially, in many ways, a folkloric myth that's been co-opted as a tool of social control, uh, right. basically a political tool. And, and again, uh, not to keep going back to the Chupacabra, but, but it's, there's actually quite a few parallels here. Um, the Chupacabra was also co-opted as a political tool in Puerto Rico uh, by the mayor of, of, uh, uh, of the capital of Puerto Rico uh, in, um, and in San Juan, uh, uh, Kimo Soto, uh, who organized these expeditions to go and track down the Chupacabra and, and you know, <laughs> and defeat it, you know, with, with all our might and guns and everything else. And uh, Kimo Soto, who, I, as I recall, is, is actually still the mayor uh, there, uh, he, he very much turned it into a political tool where he was sort of framing himself in the public's mind as you know, the defender of Puerto Ricans against this evil vampiric blah, 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 blah. And, and, uh, and again, that was very much the case also with the, the Zanzibari demon Popobawa, where you had these rival political parties who were essentially 
um, using the, the Popovao for their own, their own purposes. For example, um, the, I've, I've researched Zanzibari politics and it's far too complicated to go into. Basically, you have these sort of rival parties and, you know, they're what we would consider to be, you know, sort of low level elections, but there it's, it's a very big thing. And, uh, you had these rival political parties and what was actually happening was that, um, rival parties would say, uh, well, for example, the, the ruling party would, would, uh, would try and, um, and prevent election fraud by telling people, if you commit election fraud, the Popoba will attack you. There will be consequences. And, and vice versa, the people are saying, well, if you don't vote for our candidate, <laughs> uh, the Popoba will, 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 will you know, attack you and, again, sodomize you and things like that. Now, inherent in that assumption, if you think about it, is the, the idea that the, the Popobawa is under some control or direction of the political parties. And that actually makes sense if you remember the, 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 the notion of genies, uh, genies being controlled by warlocks or witches. Again, the, the, the belief of which is, is widespread throughout Zanzibar and East Africa. So it, to, to, many, uh, to many people in Zanzibar and elsewhere, the notion that high-level officials might be connected to witches, warlocks, witch doctors, you know, people with, with not political power but you know, magical power is very plausible. Um, absolutely. And, and in fact, you, you see that uh, throughout Africa. And that makes me want to ask as well, is the Popobawa in any way linked to misfortune or seen to be the cause of natural disasters and, and things like that? If you're a victim, it's pretty disastrous. <laughs> Outside of that, on a, a national scale, I'm wondering uh, of other ties to politics and, and protection of uh, of people. Civilians. Right. Well, it, it's in many ways, it's again. I sort of tie it more into the the element of social control, and and again, we see this with other monsters. Uh, you know, uh, you see this with the Lake Champlain monster, Champ. You know, if you don't behave, uh, parents tell their kids, we're going to push you in the lake and Champ will eat you. Um, or, you know, the Boggy Creek or Bigfoot. You know, don't go in the woods, you know, whatever. So there's, there's always this interesting element of social control. In the case of the Papa Baba, um, it's, it's interesting because even though uh, – even though its its nature is said to be that of a genie, which uh, which is is often characterized by misfortune, as as we mem- remember our excellent interview with uh, Robert Liebling, who who wrote the one of my favorite books, uh, Legend of the Fire Spirits, on genies and gin. Uh, I think we interviewed him last year. Just a fascinating, fascinating study, and and I remember just being just blown away by the research in his book on on genies and gin. And from that, I was I was. You know, learning and remembering that that oftentimes genies and gin are blamed for small misfortunes, peccadillos, um, you know, even even uh, acting out, uh, you know, even infidelity. Uh, people will say, you know, don't blame me. You know, I was I was possessed. Um, uh, you know, I, this is why I did that. Which we find in this culture as well. Absolutely, and and what what I find interesting is that again, you you sort of look at you see the this. Popovawa being used by rival political parties for their own ends. And, um, and in many ways, I mean, it's exactly parallel to American politics. Uh, you know, <laughs> American politics, I mean, seriously, think about it. I mean, American politics has virtually identical mythical boogeyman. Um, there's, you know, Sarah Palin's death panels, you know, where she was talking about Obama was going to kill everyone's grandmother. Um, you know, there was the, the 1980s uh, racist ads uh, starring Willie Horton. 
uh, that Republicans used to scare voters into thinking that if they didn't vote Republican, that these these violent black men were going to be raping uh, you know young innocent white daughters, um, or even you know the ob- the most obvious example is uh, is George Bush and Saddam Hussein. Um, he, you know, Hussein was the perfect boogeyman because he had the the mythical weapons of mass destruction. And if you if you don't do what I tell you to do. You know, uh, then you know uh, Hussein's WMDs will get you, and of course that wasn't true either. Yeah, it's easy for us to ignore the parallels, but I can see them. Yeah, exactly. The way people deal with monster claims, uh, and, and also with UFO claims, um, it's so easy to take these. I want to go back to this thing about the sleep paralysis. It's so easy mm-hmm. to say, "Here's a story." And I'm listening to the symptoms or the clues or the facts that are being presented. And I can say, oh, well, now, okay, so, yeah, I could see where you might think it's a monster that does these things. But it also could be X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, here's, here's these very mundane reasons you might have the same experience. But that's not really the same as actually doing the research to see who was the first victim. You know, where's case zero? You know, right. can I can I talk to these victims? You know, who were the witnesses? You know, and so actually getting on the ground and going out to try to look takes you a lot further along, um, I think, than you know armchair skepticism. But that starting point of, um, um, you know, what is another plausible explanation is as far as a lot of skeptics get, and so yes. I think it's mm-hmm. really, really, really important. Uh, to not stop there and to actually mm-hmm. take it further. Because if you don't, then if it comes out later that there's better evidence that something really did happen, then everything you've done looks like a armchair debunking and mm-hmm. nothing at all like an actual investigation. So um, I just want to kind of... Yeah, I think another important point is to hedge and say this is a possible explanation. This is not the ultimate or only explanation or not to say you've solved something. Um, oh, good point. To, good point. Yeah. To offer it up as a potential uh, explanation. Sure. I, I mean, and again, with the, with, with the case of, of the, the hallucinations and the waking dreams, uh, again, there's clearly an element of, of the sort of the, the succubus, the, you know, the sleep paralysis, people feeling. And, you know, if you think about it, uh, you know, um, there's a really good book called The Terror That Comes in the Night by David Hufford, who's a folklorist. Uh, and he he does a really good in-depth analysis of the old hag phenomena, which is essentially a variation of the succubus and all that. And he talks about how, you know, essentially the, the you know, this phenomena is, it's inherent in the human mind. I mean, that's, we all experience it. And so it would actually be remarkable if if Muslims did not have some variant of it uh, that, that sort of, you know, that, that, that was sort of crystallized into something like the Popobawa. Um, and so, and, and for example, it, it also, the, the, the sleep paralysis doesn't really explain why, if it were a simple waking dream, why would the entity demand that, uh, that, the, uh, that you know, its victims tell other people? Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's that, it doesn't explain that at all. And, and again, part of, I think, Part of the answer to that is again, it's because it's it's largely folklore. Yeah. It's a self yeah. it's a self perpetuating mechanism. I need to throw uh, that out there too. Effect. I can't remember if we said this before on the air or on, on Monster Talk. The but it's a really if you want to be a skeptical investigator of 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 any type, a great starting point. I'll just say that a, a fantastic starting point is to familiarize yourself 
with urban legends and folklore because mm-hmm. you'll learn to recognize when a story that shows up in the news sounds just like something you've heard before. Uh, all the hallmarks. <laughs> right. There, there's so many sort of tropes. In fact, I think within folklore, they have a, a numbering and naming mechanism for things that recur. Uh, mm-hmm. But but it, so many mo- skeptics. Motifs. Motifs. Thank you. I couldn't remember the word. Um, there's these recurring motifs in folklore. Um, and, you know, that that's really it's incumbent to get out and do some uh, research and actually learn. And you know, when I say that, like book learning, this is great. Go get a book and read, uh, you know, um, Jan uh, Harold Brunvon. His great, great place to start. Yeah, yeah. So. Jan Brunvan. Jan Brunvan. Jan. So, <laughs> no, I, no, I think you're exactly right. I'm just, I'm just, yeah, I'm just, I'm kind of frustrated because I keep seeing uh, so many skeptics on blogs and discussion groups and stuff. Well, it that they saw some lights in the air, so it's probably an airplane. You know that. Well, right. we don't even know if they really saw lights, right? right. <laughs> so, I it's just tricky. No, you're exactly right, and I think that, to my mind, it's a good example of 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 a combination of the two. It's it's good research, you know, book learning, doing the, you know, finding out. Because you know, to be honest with you, when I when I began looking into the Popovawa, as I said, there was almost no research, and to this day, I mean, I I, I actually my research was written up and published in um, as a cover article in Forty and Times magazine. I think it was November of two thousand eight. Um, and to this day, um, my article remains, I think one of, I don't know, one or two or three basically, you know, in-depth critical analyses of it. Uh, and this is, you know, going on five, six years now. So there's, there's literally not that, that much there. Um, and so to my mind, that's, that's all the more reason why it's good to, you know, to, to, you can break fresh ground on this. You can do the research on it instead of just sort of sitting back and saying, oh, well, it's this or it's that. This is a good, you know, example to my mind of blending scholarship and research with, uh, it, you know, obviously not everybody can, you know, up and visit Zanzibar on the drop of a hat, but I just happened to be there and I happened to know that I was going to be there and did the research. And so I took advantage of, of being there and, and, and doing that. And so, so it was sort of a combination of, yeah, of you know, exploiting uh, an opportunity to do it, but also being prepared. Um, so that's yeah. Well, another interesting, <clears throat> excuse me, another interesting angle would be to look at individual cases, like actual, as Blake was saying earlier, uh, firsthand experiences and mm-hmm. and claims, and uh, to investigate those to uh, increase the amount of uh, information that's out there about this creature. Absolutely, absolutely, and 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 uh, the, the, let me. Just, I was just going to wrap up with the uh, uh, on the thought in terms of the the origins of the of the um, the, the genie because uh, like you know I have to say when I first began you know looking at the Popobawa, I, I I knew something about genies and I certainly knew that there was a, it was a Muslim area but I hadn't really I hadn't done as much research as I done either when I did the investigation or certainly now in terms of the background on genies and, and Arabic folklore and things like that. And so once I, once I realized that, again, it was the, to my mind, one of the keys to really getting into it was instead of approaching it in terms of what is the Westerner's view of it, mm-hmm. what, what was important to me was what is their view of it? It's it it, it doesn't it doesn't matter what I think it was. It doesn't matter what Josh Gates thinks it was or Joe Nick or whatever else. What matters is the people that live there. What does it mean to them? And mm-hmm. the answer to them was, 
you know, it's something that's controlling them, uh, telling them what to vote for, and it's also something that that is wrapped up not only in their, you know, drive from their belief in magic, but also uh, from from their religion, uh, the you know, Islam and the Quran. And it, it also makes sense when you look at it that way, uh, because they do believe that Papa Baba is inherently a genie. That, uh, as I mentioned earlier, that the one of the things that it does is it 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 um, it especially threatens to rape skeptics. Uh, so the, the, those who those who doubt, we should be living in fear of it. Well, that's the thing. You know, well, those not who me. doubt. Well, not you. You're you're, you're probably safe. Well, it, it, sometimes it's, it's women. You know, but um, well, yeah, there's another question. <laughs> Did it ever attack women? The, I, I did come across one or two cases. Uh, there, it's pretty rare. I mean, the, the, it's primarily uh, it's primarily said to attack men. Um, and again, that I think that also probably reflects the the social status of men in yep. in, in in Muslim uh, countries. And so, um, but so anyway, just you know, again, sort of what what reinforced it its its origin in the quran in islam to me was uh, it makes sense that it would attack skeptics and doubters because uh it's it's essentially following many of the quran tenets uh you know i've read the quran and it it does talk about how you should uh you know you should attack unbelievers and you should not befriend them um there are also other also other passages that sort of you know refute that but there it is crystal clear that that if you're looking for um, uh, a source for something that is going to yeah that's going to tell you to uh, attack doubters and unbelievers. Uh, the Quran uh, it makes perfect sense that, that that a genie that is derived from the Quran would crystallize and manifest itself in this skeptic raping bat demon ogre <laughs> monster <laughs> chameleon thing called the Popovala. Monster dog. Thanks for listening to this episode of Monster Talk. Today, Karen Stolznell and Blake Smith interviewed our co-host, Ben Radford, about his investigation of the winged rape monster of Zanzibar, the Popobawa. Monster Talk is supported by Skeptic Magazine and listeners like you. If you'd like to donate to our transcript project, please go to monstertalk.org and click the Donate button. We have several new transcripts up and they help us get new listeners, as well as making it easier to cite our show on Wikipedia. Hey, are you in the Atlanta area? Are you planning to attend DragonCon? Be sure to check out the Atlanta Skeptics Annual Star Party. This year we'll be in a new venue in a really fun restaurant called Stats. The party will be hosted by the bad astronomer himself, Phil Plate, and Nicole Gugliucci. You'll get music from George Robb and Marion Call. And plus, Ben and I will be there too, so you might get puns. It's fun, it's educational, and the $60 ticket gets you some great food, plus it fights cancer in the memory of the astronomer Jeff Medkiff. I hope you can make it. Monster Talk theme music's by Pete Stealing Monkeys. Thank you for listening. Stay abreast of the latest from Skeptic Magazine and the Skeptic Society? Want cutting-edge skeptical articles delivered straight to your inbox every week? 
Then subscribe to eSkeptic, the free electronic newsletter of the Skeptic Society. Visit skeptic.com to sign up. All I will have to cut out are uh, the bit about your mom and all my swallowing of phlegm. Yeah. <laughs> I'll leave that in. That adds ambiance too. <laughs> Jesus. More ambiance. <laughs>